Well, hello there, everybody. Listen, I promised yesterday we would finish this discussion as we started it and the phone started to blow up a little bit. I have found myself again in my late 40s defending the Electoral College so many times, especially to younger people in my life. I know the, the company line. I know the Republican line. I know the, uh, the Democrat uh, Party line for a lot of this. I have found myself slinking further and further into the rabbit hole of of the popular vote, of a proportionate vote to some degree. So I decided, listen, let's go get the best there is on both sides of this equation, both which I think are very kind to their opposition. And the first place that leads us is to our friend John Fund. He's a former Wall Street Journal columnist. He's an expert in the advocacy for the Electoral College, and he's now with the National Journal. Thanks, John, for joining the program. How are you this morning? So much. Yeah, absolutely. John, look, I... I, I, I know, I think, all the classic arguments to this, but just give us from a bird's eye view in, in 2024, with the presidential election upon us being the only election that we do in, in any other way than you know a popular vote, why do you still believe the electoral college system is not only the best, but the most appropriate for today's circumstance? Well, I think it's a stretch to say it's the best. Uh, what I will say is three things quickly, and we can go into detail. Sure. One, the founding fathers created the Electoral College, and to have an end run around it is frankly subverting our constitutional system, which says the way you change the Constitution is you change it through amendments. Secondly, uh, the Electoral College does make it much more likely that candidates will campaign nationally and not just in major cities and run up the vote score in the popular vote. That we're very concerned about having a system in which the rural and suburban areas were frankly ignored and people just focused on the cities. Thirdly, uh, the way the national popular vote is constructed, uh, it's entirely possible that only a minority of states will go together and bind in this compact, and that's not democratic. If the argument against the Electoral College is that it isn't democratic, having a minority of states form this compact, this national popular vote that says that you assign all of the state's electoral votes to the winning candidate nationwide, that's not democratic if a minority of states are doing it. Okay. And John... The classic arguments that we're going to get, and many of which I think are, are true, and you, you said those really well, if we stay away from the compact thing, because I think the, the compact is the most complex portion of this. But in general, when we talk about the cities versus the rural areas, that often what's referred to as flyover country, is, is that not really similar, though, to saying that why are we then only campaigning really in the battleground states? If 90-ish percent of all the funding for campaigns was being spent in the let's call it six to eight, maybe six to 10 battleground states, you know, post-primary. Isn't that the same thing? Or like, are we electing at this point in our, our country the president of the United States or simply the president of the battleground states? A fair point. I would say this. You don't take one existing problem, which is a, probably a temporary one because we're rarely in this country's history so polarized as we are now, uh, and replace it with another problem which is folk having campaigns focused only on the urban areas. I don't think that's a solution. Secondly, um, if you look at the, uh, by the way, as a side point, maybe the, maybe the 42 states where they don't focus all the campaign advertising 
on, maybe those are actually benefiting from it because the people <laughs> there don't have to be subjected to that. Yeah, for the anxiety, if nothing else, right? Right, but 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 on a more serious note, um, it is um, it is probably a temporary phenomenon, and probably based on the fact that Donald Trump and Joe Biden are such polarizing figures that we really are down to six to eight states. I don't think that's necessarily something that lasts forever, uh, and nor do I think it's the most important problem the country faces. That's a very interesting point, John. That's one I don't have a rebuttal for. Not that I'm trying to come up with rebuttals, but when I look at this, and I look at California, for example, in 2020, Trump won only 34.32% of the vote. But in proportionality, out of the 55 electorate votes there, that would have been 19 of those 55, where something like Oklahoma, that's just as red as it can get, Biden only won 32%. So very similar, but that would only account for two of the seven electoral votes there. So if I'm a Republican-leaning voter in California, is my voice ever being heard, or am I just a nothing to the system of California? All 55, which is more than, I mean, this is 19, which would be the proportionate amount of California votes going for Trump, is more than 45 states' electoral votes. Well, look, it is entirely constitutional for each individual state to have a different system to allocate electoral votes. Maine and Nebraska have done that. If you win a congressional district, as Trump did in 2016 and 2020 in Maine, you get to keep that electoral vote. Uh, California can constitutionally divide up its electoral votes by congressional district. It chooses not to do that. And Oklahoma chooses not to do that. No, and that's a really good point, too. Can I, can I interrupt you just to ask sure. a question? If the government of California is largely left-leaning, so, for example, by popular vote, Gavin Newsom, a Democrat, wins the Democratic Party, his secretary of state, his attorney general, so on and so forth, what is the likelihood that they would ever change that? They have the power, right? The Founding Fathers gave them the power as a constitutional republic to choose their own methodology of, of having the electors go. Why would they do that if they know it would only benefit the opposition? Uh, but the point is the Constitution is not about ensuring equal or fair outcomes for grievanced voters. The Constitution is about setting up a system. If you don't like the system, it establishes mechanisms by which you change it. It doesn't guarantee that you can change it. The point is you either have a Constitution where you follow the rules or you don't. And it's more dangerous to not follow the rules than it is to seek a temporary convenience or you know, a Band-Aid fix for something yeah. uh, that is, frankly, in most cases, a temporary problem. Yeah, that's, the, I think, the most interesting point, and I, I thank you for that, in the sense that this, this might be, in the grand scheme of things, a temporary problem. How many times has the Electoral College not aligned itself with the popular vote? Only four or five, right, including the last elections? Uh, not the last election. The Electoral College uh, gave a majority to Biden in the okay. final count. And it gave a majority of the popular vote to Biden. But Hillary got the popular and Trump won the Electoral College, right? But that's yeah. only happened a few times historically. Right, and exactly. This, you this said the last election, winter, right? so that, that was 2020. You did align. Okay. So, you know, like in your estimation, as you pointed out earlier, it may not be the absolute best system, but it's the in your estimation, it's the best one we have still. Is that fair? Uh, no, it's the only constitutional system we have. 
I think that it does have advantages that are often discounted. But the bottom line is we have a constitution, and the reason we've had a constitution which has allowed this country to live in freedom and growing prosperity for its existence is because we haven't done what other tin-pot dictatorships or tin-pot countries around the world do, which is change the constitution whether they feel like it. Uh, we have a procedure okay. by which we change the constitution, and we need to follow it. John, thanks for joining the program today. We appreciate your expertise. Again, the phone number, 800-859-0957. We'll be back with calls and comments. I'll have a little bit of an opposition to this, uh, at least a recorded version, and then we can comment on that too. See you in a few.